A class is in memory of Jared Orchen, as we say every week. Today we're going to learn about the concept of a minion. Where the minion is coming from? There's a few places in the Torah. Then we see how it's reflects in so many, many things. The first place that we see a minion, the concept of ten, is in this week's Parsha. We will see it in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's read a little bit about the story. It's page 81. It's really interesting that the Parsha of this week starts with the three angels who come to tell Abraham the best news. And right after that, Abraham hears the worst news. And it's interesting, the good news, God sends an angel to tell him. The bad news, God himself tells him. Right? We see it, a similar thing by the Akedah too. The bad news, so to speak, to sacrifice his son, God himself tells him. To save him, not to sacrifice him, the angel tells him. The same, the same thing twice. God is telling him, let's start here, and it starts on page, on page 81, number 16. Want to read? The strangers Fine. got up from their place and gazed at Saddam. Abraham went with them to send them on their way. God said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm going to do? Abraham is about to become a great and mighty nation, and through him all the nations of the world will be blessed. I have given him special attention so that he will command his children and his household after him, and they will keep God's way, doing charity and justice. God will then bring about for Abraham everything he promised. God says, Why am I going to tell Abraham what I, what I tell him? Because I love him. Not a given special attention, it's an interesting translation. Yeki Yedativ, Rashi said, because I love him. Why I love him? Not because he was ready to be thrown into the furnace. Not because he was ready to sacrifice his son. Because he's going to command, I know that he will, go, he will command his children to continue in the ways of charity and justice. Then educating your children, God loves you because he knows you will educate your children. That's what it's all about. So is Abraham then the model of what he's doing is the model of justice for all of us in terms Absolutely. of our conduct? And it's interesting mm -hmm. that he mentions here charity before justice. Everywhere else in the Torah, whenever it's mentioned, it's mentioned mishpat utzakah. The only place it's written, uh, I think by Jeremiah, and there is other places, the only place it's written charity before justice is here. And in the prayers we say, in the Amidah, Melech Oev Tzedakah Mishpat, right? King who loves charity and justice. When the charity is before the justice, then the charity is much, then the justice is much more merciful. But with the, with, the, with the justice before the charity, it might get dangerous. That's why charity is to be before justice. That was, that was, a, that was a Abraham. But that's a side note. I don't want to, there is a lot to be discussed about it, but we don't want to get lost. Okay, therefore, because he's, God loves him, because he will educate his children, that God tells them, continue, God said to him, God God then said, The outcry against Sodom is so great, and their sin is so very grave. I will descend and see. Have they done everything implied by the outcry that is coming from uh, coming before me? If not, I will know. God tells Abraham, Sodom and Gomorrah, 
It's terrible what's going on there. The law in Saddam was that nobody is allowed to give charity. The law of the land. Anybody caught giving charity will be put to death. It's one thing people don't want to give charity. It's another thing. They made it legal. They made it law. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. They made it law that your Jews are not allowed to do that. Everything was by law. Everything was organized. That was the law of the land. Not to give charity. Why, why does it say... Um it's the same thing when well, God says, I'm going to descend and see. Obviously, he doesn't have to. Descend he, means. He doesn't have to, uh, he I, doesn't have to descend. You're right. But descend means yes, he, goes, he gives more attention to it. He goes down. For God to get into, into what the people of Sodom are doing is a descending. To go to such. They descended and therefore they slept God with them. When human beings descend. When human beings go bed, they don't, they don't say, I'll leave God in shul and I'll do whatever I want. The language that, especially Jewish people, the language that's written in Tanya is that when a person is doing a sin, it's like taking the head of God and put them down inside the, the toilet. The toilet. Right. That's the language. Why? You cannot say, oh, now I'm not Jewish. Now I'm Joshua. Tomorrow I'll come to Jew, I'll be Jewish. It doesn't work like this. God is with you, and it's not only about Jews, it's really about every human being. Then God is descending. When they bring humanity so low, they bring God low. Because mm -hmm. God gives them life. God doesn't stop to give them life. It's like the story with Noah, with the flood, when they, they forced God to create babies who were not legitimate babies, and so on and on and on. Then you, God has a system, and you take the system and you twist it the wrong way. Then you force God to help you to do the wrong things. Mm -hmm. That you're descending God. Okay. The men turned from there they were and headed towards the dome. Abraham was still standing before God. He came forward and said, Will you actually wipe out the innocent together with the guilty? Suppose there are 50 innocent people in the city. Would you still destroy it and not spare the place for that sake of the 50 good people inside it? God, Abraham started to argue with God. Basically, he says, God, is this fair? Are you going to kill the innocent with the, with the guilty? But on the account of the innocent, he wanted to save the guilty too. It's interesting that Abraham takes this tact of uh, the merit of the righteous here, because you know Moses doesn't do that later on. Moses says, uh, "Yeah, they're bad, uh, but save them anyway." Uh, uh, <laughs> Moses learned already. <laughs> Moses learned from Abraham that it didn't work. Okay, continue. Let's finish this paragraph. It would be. It would be sac sacrilege, mm -hmm. even to ascribe such as act to you to kill the innocent with the guilty, letting the righteous and the wicked fair alike. It would be sacrilege to ascribe this to you. Shall the whole world ju judge not act justly? Okay, so the neighbor is telling Hashem, is the judge of the world will not act justice, will not do justice? Is it fair? For 50 righteous people, Okay, um, okay, then why 50, 50 righteous people? What's the logic of 50? Uh, there were ten city, five cities, ten each. There were five cities, ten each. 
Okay. What do you mean five cities? They were five Sodom and Gomorrah. They're already scholars, all of them here. Okay. There is Sodom, Gomorrah. There is five cities, Admot, Svoim, and Soya. Five cities. They were found five suburbs. Uh, Sodom was the city, and there were another four, four suburbs around it. East Cleveland oh. and Allah. Oh. Okay. Then they, he wanted, the idea was, why 50? Why not 40? Why not 60? Because Abraham was believing that 10 for each city will take 10 people. And 10 will save the city. Even, well, even, I was going to say, even if, uh, forget about the 10 for a moment, Abraham wanted to save the, uh, the righteous, uh, the, the wicked. By because, the because I've read that because he thought, like you said, he's the optimist, they could do a tshuva. So these wicked people... Because if he just saves the, the righteous with the wicked, the wicked are still wicked. Your wicked are still wicked. Many wicked benefit from the righteous and they will live next door. Mm -hmm. It's not a new thing. It's always like this. Sometimes the righteous suffer for the wicked. But uh, what God told them? What does God answer, Martel? God said, if I find 50 innocent people in Sodom, I will spare the entire area for their sake. You know what God is telling them? Okay, Abraham, we'll go with you. You, you, you put the rules. You make the rules. I'm not making the rules. Let's go with your measurement. It again shows that God lets human make the call, call the judgment. And they end up to be, even on their judgment, they're not right. God is so kind and merciful. He tells the person, okay, fine, we'll go with your judgment. And even by his own judgment, it doesn't work. God told Abraham, what do you, what you say, we'll go with you. What do you say, 50? Find 50. Couldn't find 50. Okay. Continue. Uh, go ahead. The gender on this, it, it, it is men, right? It's no, men, no. Or is it, can it be men or women? Yeah, Hamishim Tzadikim, it means five righteous people. It does, it's not written men. No, here it's not written male, for men, for sure not. In this, in this contact, it means five righteous, fifty righteous, for, uh, fifty righteous people. Abraham spoke up and said, "I have already said too much before my Lord. I am mere dust and ashes. But suppose there are five missing from the fifty innocent. Will you destroy the entire city because of the five? Okay. Then what was the logic here? Of 45? Nine each. Nine each, and? God is uh, the tenth. God will be the tenth. Is that, where, is that where that comes from? From there it's coming, yeah. God should be the tenth. Okay, Zosayin Azoy. God told them, I'll do it for 45. What happened? I will not destroy it if I find 45 there, replied God. Abraham persisted and said, Suppose there are 40 there. Is there something going on here in terms of a side dialogue? Because we keep on reducing down. I mean, he agreed. Is he no, going out redu so reducing can... down is only, according to the Rashi, what's the logic of 40? Eight. eight. No. Just the number 40? What, what will be? He has only 40. Then how exactly is this going to work? We drop 10. So, then what's going to be? Eight righteous in each city. Five yeah. times eight, forty. What does the logic of forty? Nine, you said. Well, forty-five, you said, because it's nine in Hashem. What's forty? Forty is connected to. Well, it's connected to the mikvah. It's connected to. Forty years in Sinai. Uh, no. Now, what do you think going to be, Terry? What do you think to do with Antony? Forty-five. 
Oh, 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 just, just, it's just going to be for, for four cities. Just for four cities. We'll see four cities, Abraham said. Four, you'll see four cities. Mm -hmm. But is he going out and looking and not finding them? They can Obviously, he didn't have to look because it was the four and God told them, trust me, Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> go out, go, go ahead, go find them. Go ahead. He couldn't find Fauri. Um, Corey, you want to continue? Okay. Let not my Lord be angry, but I must speak up. What if there are 30 there? I will not act if I find 30 there. If he finds Terry, God says, go ahead, Abraham. We'll look for Terry. You cannot find Terry. Well, what, what does it mean to be righteous here? I mean, what's the criteria to be righteous? Ah, Hamishim Tzadikim. The only criteria that we have from righteousness at this point is only for Noah, right? <coughs> what by Noah is righteousness? Noah. Also, also we, don't have, we don't have a criteria. Righteous at that point, before God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, righteousness means not to kill and not to steal and to be honest. Simple. <laughs> Basic. Human being behaving, human being. The seven Noahide uh, laws, or the seven Noahide laws. Yeah, at that like, point there was seven Noahide laws. After Noah, that was seven Noahide laws. They were, yes, they were just good people. Not to, there was also the problem of of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, that they didn't care for the poor. That's why they were destroyed. Giving charity means being uh, tzaddik. Tzaddik and tzedakah is the same word. Yeah. What does when you read in the in the prophet that it says? The, 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 the scene of Sodom stands in front of me. Right? Where is the wish setting? Jeremiah? It's written right, right in the... In the Aftor? No. In the Aftor, I think, also. In the, in the Aftor of the seven weeks, of the, the three weeks before, before, the, before Tisha B'Av, we, we speak about... Somewhere there we speak also about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Kizdom ha'inu la'morad amino. Yeah, there is somewhere there. Um, Why is that person? Why is the prophet saying that? Page twelve twenty-three. Oh. The means it means means it would be destroyed like Sodom. But there is another place also that he says that the people in Sodom, uh, I think it's in Jeremiah. Um, but even from here you can understand it. Well, why? Uh, yeah, you look on, right here on page twelve twenty-three, number nine. 12.23 If the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors Number nine, yeah, yeah We, we would have been like Saddam and similar to Gomorrah Continue, Hear, hear continue. God's word, you rulers of Saddam Rulers of Saddam, listen to God's law, your people of Gomorrah What is he telling them about? I don't need, I don't need uh, your sacrifices What I want from you? Listen to God's law, your people of Gomorrah. Look on page, yeah, yeah. Look on the next page. He goes, he goes and tells them what he wants from them. Number 16. Wash yourself, make yourself clean. Remove the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Stop doing evil. And then he says, learn to do good. Seek justice. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the, the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Basically, take care of the orphans. Do justice. Be good. Simple. 
not just be good, just don't, not, not don't just don't steal, but I want you to be charitable. That's the opposite of Sodom. Then being righteous means charitable people, good people, care for others. And being righteous is not enough that I don't take away from you something that doesn't belong to me. Being righteous means to do, to, tzaddik and tzedakah is the same word. Understand? You have to give tzedakah, you have to be charitable. He couldn't find 20, he couldn't find 10. Why, why, why he came up less than 10? Why didn't try 7? Because in Noah's time there were at least 8 people and they weren't enough to save the mm -hmm. world. In Noah's ark, there were eight people, all the eight people. Noah, his three sons and their wives. Noah and his wife, and the three sons, three wives. Who asked if it's only men? You understand? We learn from the story of Noah, how Abraham came up with the ten, because eight was not enough. And eight there was not only men, eight righteous people. Right? Then it's not about men, it's eight good people. The same thing is here, eight, ten people. That here is the first time we see in the Torah that we're talking about ten. The ten have a power to save a city. Ten people have a power to save a city. That's unbelievable if you think about it. Where's the next time we see ten, ten people? With the brothers. No, with the, the brothers, brothers of, 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 uh, brother Joseph. of Joseph. What do you see with the brothers of Joseph? Three. How many brothers sold Joseph? Nine. Two. Nine. Huh? Two. But how many were there in the present? They all were there. Eight. Except, Except for, for Reuben. Except for Reuben. No, no, Reuben was off. Uh, then how many were there? Benjamin. Benjamin was not there. Yeah. Benjamin was not there. Benjamin mm -hmm. was born. Mm -hmm. Always born. Benjamin was uh, seven or ten, something like this. So it would have been ten there at the time. Ten. Mm -hmm. But in, on the spot, Reuven was away, it's nine, but Reuven is a little bit too old. But the Torah never says, when it speaks about the selling, how many brothers were there, how many of them were did it. Later, in Parshas Miketz, the Torah speaks about when they're going to buy yeah, food, right? Yeah, they're going to go through the ten gates. Then, then, then before the ten gates, page 209, Chapter 42, number 1. Start going with the night line. Jacob learned that there were provisions in Egypt, and he said to his sons, Why are you fantasizing? I have heard that there are supplies in Egypt, he explained. You can go there and buy food. <clears throat> Let us live and not die. Mm -hmm. Joseph's ten brothers went to buy grain in Egypt. Let's stop right here. Okay. Joseph's ten brothers. In Hebrew, it's not so smooth. It's written, if you look on line number three, you see line number three, the mm -hmm. end of the line? Vayerdu. Then line number four. Achei Yosef came, went down, the brother of Joseph, Asara. Ten. Who cares? The brothers of Joseph went down. You know from the story, if he didn't allow, he continues right the next word that he didn't allow Benjamin to go. That if Joseph is gone and Benjamin is not allowed to go and the brother of Joseph went, you know that he went ten. Why the Torah says he went Asara ten? Because the Torah wants to point out 
they believe that because they are going ten together, they will be able to say to find Joseph. The power of ten together, the minion, the yud, ten together, that will that will give him the power to find to, to find the to, to find Joseph. The Jerusalem Talmud learns from here the concept of ten. Of Armenian. Because the Torah points out the ten brothers went. It's really not, not relevant to the story. Who cares? Ten, eight, who cares? The brothers of Joseph went to find bread. Then they read that the brothers which came up in front of who cares? Why you add the number? Obviously the number had something to do with it. Because they are ten, they believe they will be able to find them. I know, I know this is off topic, but I'll mention it because it, it kind of bothers me sometimes when you learn that, that the martyrs, the, the, ten, the ten martyrs, I think, yes. are connected yes. to, to the... Well, that's okay. <laughs> yes. The next time that we learn about um, the minion is in the story of the spies. You're right. Mm. We will go to the book of uh, Numbers. Um, Schlach on page 727 I would say we can start 723 we all know the story Moses was about to take the Jews to the land of Israel and they came and they and they told they demanded to send spies the Jewish people demanded and, and Moses chose from every tribe one representative. How many he sent? Twelve. So. Then they came back, right? Mm -hmm. Two said that the land is a good land. Who were the two? Caleb, Caleb and Joshua. Joshua. Caleb and Joshua. Ten said that the land is not a good land. What, what God, God got upset with them, right? What God wanted to do? Whoa, that was the one with... Page 729. 729. They cried at that night. Top of the page, you read in 729, chapter 14, number 1. The entire community raised a hubbub. What's is a hubbub? That, is that Hebrew? <laughs> <laughs> Big commotion. Yeah. A pogrom. A demonstration. A more, more of a demonstration. Okay. Lots of noise. They raised a hubbub and began to shout. That night, the people wept. The people wept. That night. We all know that night was? Tishabov. Later, God gave him good reasons to come. Okay. All the Israelites complained to Moses and Aaron. The entire community was saying, We wish we had died in Egypt. We should have died in the desert. Why is God bringing us to this land to die by this sword? Our wives and children will be captives. It would be best to go back to Egypt. Terrible, right? God was upset with them. God wanted to, to annihilate the whole nation. Moses told them, Moses pulled out the argument. What was Moses' best argument? You're going to make God look bad if... Uh, in front of whom? In front of the Gentiles. In front of the world. How are you going to look like? Even, even Moses used the very public relation. Very smart. <laughs> Moses is smart, I know. Yeah, I also thought about that. He, he's a good defense lawyer. Yeah. 
then what God said, okay, I'm not, I, I, I accepted you, your plea, I forgive them. But, these people, now look page 731, number 26. God spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, how long shall this evil group exist, complaining against me? Evil group, in Hebrew, it's Ada. Ada means a congregation. Ad matai la'ida. The right translation for this word will be, for how long shall uh, this evil congregation exist? <clears throat> how many people were in this congregation? Then God killed them, right? Mm -hmm. How many were in this congregation? Ten. Ten. From here we learn that Armenian is ten. A congregation is ten. From here we learn that it has to be males above Bar Mitzvah. Because they were ten males above Bar Mitzvah. That's, that's where the meaning comes from. It's coming from a, coming from a source that's not so promising now. Yeah, I was thinking about the two. All the three places that we learn about the minion <laughs> is not exciting. The story from Lot, the story from, from selling Jesus, uh, Joseph, and the story from the spies. Obviously, the whole idea of the minion is to elevate it, is to correct it. It shows you, these three stories shows you how much power a minion has for bad and how much power they can have for good. How much power a community has together. The idea of togetherness in Judaism is very powerful. Even learn, learning Torah together is an amazing power. Much more than one learning Torah. The Mishnah says, <coughs> if a Sarashi or Shvin was given Torah, ten people sit and learn Torah together. Not just pray. Learning Torah together is an amazing power. And the Alter Rebbe in Tanya, he explains that it, there, there is, it's written that the Shekhinah is much stronger, it's present when there is 10 Jews. It doesn't have to be 10 Bar Mitzvah boys, only then. 10 babies, boys and girls. 10 babies in one room have a strong presence of the Shekhinah. Because that, it goes by the souls, it doesn't go by male, female, Bar Mitzvah, not Bar Mitzvah. 10 babies. I saw a video that was taken by a non-Jew. There is in Israel, there is, it's called Envayele, there is a place. Then mothers, after they give birth in religious cities, they go to like a, to a place to relax for a few days. Like a, what it's called? Spa. <laughs> Not like a spa, but a resort. A resort type of thing. You go to a home. And you relax a little bit for a few days, like you go to a hotel, and they just set up for mothers with babies who just give, give birth to the baby. They have special nurseries for the babies, everything. In a given day, there is like a hundred babies there. That's a very normal thing. Before you go home, you are two days in the hospital. In the, in the house, are waiting for you five babies. You cannot come home. <laughs> but you go for another three, four, ba four days, you go to another home where you can relax. It's made, it's something was made for the mother and the baby. Many times they do the, they have a place of breeze in there, they can do the breeze there, everything. And you go there, you relax, and you, and you, and you, then you come off after a few days like a mensch. How many places are there like this in Israel? Quite a few. 
It's an amazing thing. Here at Ir, you have to come home. But here, the regular person is coming home. There is nobody home or maybe one child. But if you have a whole family, then on Simchas Torah, there is a custom to call up every child for an aliyah, right? What they did, right? There is a custom on Simchas Torah. Every adult gets an aliyah. And every child can get be called up to the Torah. Anybody who comes to Simchas Torah will see it. I will call up all the kids to one aliyah. It's called Kola Neorim, all the children together. Now what they did there? Now there is, in some synagogues, they have a tradition to... Then they gathered all the babies in one room, all the baby boys, and they called them up to the Torah. The newborn? Yeah, the newborn. <laughs> if they had a name after the breeze. How cute. <laughs> and it was what's going on there that's it's just unbelievable. Oh, that's so nice. And some babies were crying, obviously. It was like a hundred people there in the babies on top of baby like all the creeps one next to the other. And they call up by name, what is his name? What's his name? What's his name? And they call up it. And then everybody together says a blessing. Probably in the history of Jewish people, it was never such an earlier. Because the moment a baby is, is if it's a boy, it can be called a dog, but the power of a child, of a neshama, the, the presence of God, boys, girls, everybody, ten, ten, ten people. Now, from where comes the whole idea that ten is so powerful? Why is ten so powerful? Ten things, uh, the ten. creation. Oh, it's all to remind us about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, God created the whole system in ten. Then when ten Jews come together to Davon, what do you remember? What comes to the mind? The Ten Commandments. Not only the Ten Commandments, there is the ten utterances that God created the world. He created them with ten statements. Let's give a look in the beginning. How God created, created, where are the ten utterances? Page three. Because, no, sometimes it's good to start at the beginning again. Where are the ten? The first one is number three, right? Number three. God said there shall be light, and light came into existence. God said on the first day there should be light. We have number one. Okay, where is the second statement of God? Number six. God said, you want to read? Um, God said there shall be a sky in the middle of the water, and it shall divide between water and water. Okay, God said let there be a sky. Number two. Where is the third utterance? Martel, um, you want to read number nine? God said... The waters under the heaven shall be gathered to one place, and dry land shall be seen. It happened. Then this is... That's one statement that God said on, the two, on Tuesday. That's number three. If you go number 11... Continue, number 11. God said, The earth shall send forth vegetation, seed-bearing plants and fruit trees that produce their own kinds of fruits, 
with seeds shall then be God said on Tuesday God said let there be vegetation of vegetation we have four statements from God right very nice we'll continue on number 14 of the same page Corey you want to read God said God said there shall be lights in the heavenly sky to divide between day and night continue they shall serve as omens and define festivals days and years Okay, then God said, let there be sun, the moon and the sky, light, and that, that happened. That was Wednesday, right? We have five. Yeah. Okay. Number 20. God said. God said, the water shall teem with swarms of living, living creatures. Flying creatures shall fly over the land and on the face of the heavenly sky. God created all the flying creatures. The, the birds and the fish, that was statement number six, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, continue. God said, the earth number 24, yeah. God said, the earth shall bring forth particular species of living creatures. Those species of livestock, animals, beasts of the earth. And it was. That's number seven, God created animals. Then God, number eight is, in, is at the same page, number 26. God said, God said, let us make man with our image and likeness. Let us make man, right? Mm -hmm. That's number eight. eight. Um, here's number nine. 29. Number, yeah, page seven, number 29. You want to read? God said, number 29. God said, behold, I have given you every seed-bearing plant of the face of the earth, in every tree and has seed bearing fruit. It shall be to you for food. But every beast of the Okay, tree then God told them what he's allowed to eat. Right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. That how many we have here? Nine. Nine. What are you going to do? Uh, there's one before. Which one? Before all of this. Before I thought that God creates darkness. Where it's not, a, it's, 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 why are we stopping now? No more God there's, there's no more. There's no more. I checked. Well, Corey, there's no more. God finished all the work that he had done. We need a word said. God said he finished all the work. <laughs> That's very nice that you are reading to the, to the story. And I, Oral law, right? <laughs> then it's written, Bereishis nami maimero. Bereishis. In the beginning, yeah. God created heaven and earth. Yeah. Is also a statement of God. How God created it, God said let there be a world to create heaven and earth. Why doesn't it say God said that? That's, that, that, that's a, a plain akasha. First he created, then he, like, he, he probably, he, the details were more God said. But the, the Talmud says that the, that the creation of the world in the beginning God created heaven and earth is considered one of the statements. What it is, the point is, it's ten statements and therefore there are Ten Commandments. And as we spoke, it's all parallel. God created the world with Ten, with ten Odorans, and therefore he gave the Torah to the Jewish people with Ten, with ten Odorans too. And the, um, what, uh, the Ten Sephirot? The Ten Sephirot, the same thing, the same thing. They derive from the Ten Sayings? The same thing, it's all it's a concept all. of Ten. Everything is in Ten. And therefore, you know, we start the Kiddush, how we start the Kiddush every Friday night? It's not Kiddush. 
First of all, Kiddush doesn't start by Bovata. There's a whole introduction to it. But uh, in Hebrew, it starts Yom Hashishi. Right. If you look in the text, every other day, all God says, and it was evening, it was morning, Yom, Yom Echad. It was evening, morning, Yom Sheni, right? Sheni means second day. Shlishi, Revi'i. Comes to Shishi, sixth day, God says, Hashishi, not Shishi, but Hashishi. He adds the letter hey before that. And the Talmud, right away, Rashi jumps on it. What's Hashishi? Oh, you said this in the, the Shabbat, your little sermon. Something to do with Mashiach? Is it Mashiach? No. David Sturberg answered the question. What was the answer? The answer <laughs> was, what was the answer? Why is Yom Hashishi? Remember? Oh, God created, well, the man was created. Because the sixth day, Rashi, the Talmud says, it referred to another sixth day. To the sixth day that God gave the Torah. God gave the Torah on the sixth day of Siva. And God, so to speak, linked the two events together. The creation of the world and the giving of the Torah. So to speak, the whole purpose of the world is that human beings should accept the Torah. Jews should accept the old 613 commandments, and non-Jews should accept the seven Noahite laws. But everybody has to accept God. In, in, in essence, if it, the, the language that the Talmud is using, if the Torah, if the Jews wouldn't want to accept the Torah, the world would be destroyed, so to speak. It means the whole purpose of the world is for the receiving of the Torah, for accepting, the, for giving the Torah. It took 2,000 years in between, so be it. Is that why uh, Exodus Ten Commandments, Deuteronomy Ten Commandments, one is honoring creation, one is honoring the Ten Commandments, the the Mount Sinai? Yes, 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 very good. Yes, 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 the same connection. He has a very good point. And the Ten Commandments, we have two sets: one in Exodus, and one in uh, in uh, Deuteronomy. When it's written about Shabbos in Exodus, right? It's written, Anochi Hashem Elokei. It's written, Zachor et Yom Hashabbat lekatcho. That's what you're talking about. The Shabbos. Why you have to Why you have to observe Shabbat? We'll see it inside because God created the world in six days and rest on the seventh day, right? It's on page three fifty-three. Number eight. Now, tell you want to read. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Why? Continue. You can work during the six weekdays and do all your tasks. But Saturday is the Sabbath to God, your Lord. Why? Do Continue. Not, do not do anything that constitutes work. This includes you, your son, your daughter, your slave, your maid, your animal, and the foreigner in your gates. It was during the six weekdays that God made the heaven the earth, the sea. Because God made the heaven and the earth in six days, and he rested on the seventh day, right? Therefore, God blessed the seventh day, and he, and he sanctified, right? Made it shorter for you a little bit. Easier. That's the reason here. If you open on page 895, in the book of Deuteronomy, 
in Parshas Veschanan, the second Parsha, the Ten Commandments are, are, are repeated again, once again. But the reason for Shabbos is a different reason. In the bottom of page 895, observe yeah. the Shabbos, Sabbath, to keep mm-hmm. it holy as God, your Lord, commanded you. You can work during the six weekdays and do all your tasks, but Saturday is, is the Sabbath to God, your Lord, so do not do anything that constitutes works. Continue, work. continue, continue. This includes you, your son, your daughter. Yeah, yeah, your, your son, your daughter. Your you must lay your ox, your donkey, your other animals, and the foreigner who is in your gates. Why? Continue. Your male and female slaves will then be able to rest just as you do. You must remember that you were slaves in Egypt when God, your Lord, brought you out. Aha! Uh-huh. You must you remember that you are a slave in Egypt. Therefore, continue. Uh, where am I? Therefore. Alkain Tzivcho, it is for this reason that God your, God, your Lord, has commanded you to keep the Shabbos. That we have in the first set of the Ten Commandments that's written that God keep the Shabbos. We have to keep the Shabbos because of the creation. And the second is written about because it's the exodus of Egypt. They're linked, absolutely. It's one thing. The whole purpose of creation is the exodus from Egypt. That's why when God introduces himself in the Ten Commandments, what if he says, I'm your God that... Brought you out of the land of Egypt. Why not I'm God that created the world? Because that's the ultimate. That's why there's ten points. That's one. Everything in the Torah is temple. Everything is temple. That's why I heard from the Rebbe something very interesting. That's why when a person, when you shake hand, right? Why we shake hand? God created human beings with two hands, five fingers, five and five. And five fingers. He didn't create that six and four, seven and three. Could be many ways. Why? Because everyone, you look on your hand, you remember the two tablets. You remember the Ten Commandments. You remember, you re- and not only this, you remember the ten others God created the world. It's a whole thing. It's all connected. That God didn't rely on us that we should remember the Ten Commandments. He gave it to us. He created us like two tablets. Every end is another tablet. And like you cannot choose one, the two tablets, we all know, the first five commandments are between men and God, and the other five are between men and men, right? Mm-hmm. Many people choose one set. They choose one tablet. Two tablets, it's too heavy. You know, it's two stars. It's heavy to carry. I'll carry one. I like between men and men. I'll do only between them and men and God. I'll leave to the other guys, to the religious guys. Some religious people are very excited about the mitzvahs and men to God because they're the men and men. No, they're not so careful. When you, can, when you can shake an end, when you make a deal, when somebody holds the end, we take two hands. When can you applaud? When you have two hands. You cannot applaud with one hand, right? God forbid somebody cannot has only one hand, he cannot applaud. That's one of the things he cannot do. He can shake an end, but he cannot. So that's why God didn't put all the commands on one, one tablet, because the two hands, you can remember them that way? No, but God created the end because the two tablets were like this. It's an interesting note, uh, point that you uh, mentioned. The Torah is the blueprint of the world. It means to say like this. God first wrote the Torah, 
And then he created the world. He created the world according to the Torah. Because in the Torah there is two tablets, and on every tablet there is five commandments, that's why he created the human being that five should be in one and the five in another end. You understand? It's not that because the human being is like this, therefore the Torah was given this way, it's just the opposite. The Torah was the blueprint. And by the blueprint, that's how he created the world. That's why, and it's, it's, it, it refers to, to many little things. You know, I was once, I mentioned that many times, once sitting by a doctor, I picked up a pamphlet. They were speaking about snoring. Snoring. What's the best solution for snoring? Doing your, <laughs> sleeping in your in your, your wife of, kicks you out into another bedroom in, in the position, like the fetal position. What's the best position for snoring? She wakes you up. <laughs> <laughs> snoring, the best thing for snoring. Number one, they say in the olden days they used to sell tie a stone behind your back, and you cannot lay on your back. You you sleep on your side. Sleeping on your side is the best solution. Right. What's the best solution for a pregnant woman? Not only the best solution, the only solution. How she can sleep on the side. Mm -hmm. What do they say now about babies? How to put babies? The they side. say to put babies on the side. Not on the back, mm -hmm. not on the stomach. Jewish law says that a person should sleep on the side. And what does this mean? God created the world according to, to Jewish law. That if it's good for, if Jewish law says that sleeping on the side is the right way, then God made it. God created humanity that sleeping on the side would be the healthy way too. When I do what Hashem wants, I don't compromise anything. I don't compromise my health. I don't compromise my, my financial world. Oh, if I go to Daven every day, I'm going to make a living. You will make a living, I promise you. We had so many people by us that they used to work on Saturdays. Now they stopped. They make more money. And they work less. It can't be that doing the will of God will be a contradiction to, to your well-being or to your financial situation or anything. It's impossible, such a thing. It can't be that spending a half hour praying will take away from your, from your, from your, from your, from your success. Impossible. Because God is the one who told you to daven, to pray, and God is the one who gives you, gives you livelihood. Then it cannot be, the world is not really a contradiction to God. We can make it into a contradiction to God in our own mind. Humanity cannot be a contradiction, not only humanity, the earth, the whole world cannot be a contradiction to God. It's impossible that the world should stop you from, that, that nature should not allow you to do what Hashem wants. That, because... The Torah is the blueprint for Judaism, a blueprint for the world, for everything. There is many examples for it. And that's how we look at it. Then if the Ten Commandments, if the two tablets are five and five, that's, 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 why, that's why the ends are five and five. That's how it goes. Then this whole idea of ten of a minion comes from, from, from these three places in the Torah. And it start, starts in this week's parsha. That Abraham, I don't think he had a minion at that time, but he was already know the in already the concept. Every, it shows that everything starts just from the, all the way from the beginning. It's not like, you know, later was 
it evolved and became more clear and more clear and more clear. But they, I mean, we did, they didn't dive with a minion, not in the time of Abraham and not in the time of Moses. The whole concept of minion, nobody dived with a minion. But it started from there. Well, I, when did the minion start? When did the minion start? Probably in the time of the, of the second temple. They started to daven. The concept of a shul, of davening, started during the second temple. It started basically when the Jewish people went to exile. They didn't have the temple, and they wanted to connect to Hashem. Then they came together and started to have a minion. Even in the, in, I think in the first temple, it's considered the Anshei Maimed. The people used to come and represent the community by being, uh, by standing by the, by the, by, by a community sacrifice. They offered every day a community sacrifice, right? In the morning and the evening, in the name of the old Jewish people. It to be a group of people who came in front of the, uh, they, uh, and every uh, community, every sacrifice you bring, somebody is to put his hand, if it's a private sac a sacrifice, you put your hand on it and you confess. And this sacrifice, they were like the representative of the old Jewish people. That's how I think it started the whole idea of a synagogue. Then the same people were chosen to be the one representing the Jewish people. The people can make it to Jerusalem, make to, the, to, to Jerusalem. The people, it's a whole story. But basically, that's how it started. There is a story about, I read once a story about a Jew who was a very secular Jew, Holocaust survivor, came after the Holocaust, he came to Israel. He was a poet and a writer. He came to the Kotel, he came to the wall. It was... It was uh, before the independence war when Jews could still go to the wall, right after, right after the Holocaust. So as he came, he looked on the wall, on the Kotel, the Western Wall. He said, it's a wall. He didn't speak to it. He couldn't connect to it. Suddenly, somebody pulled him by his, by his sleeve and told him, can you join us? You are looking for a third person to the minion. He said, in one minute, he felt connected. The idea of a minion is an unbelievable idea. What's a minion? A minion means that everybody count equally. Nine Moseses cannot make a minion. The tenth person might be a criminal. He can be a part of the minion. We learned that from the ingredients of the incense. <clears throat> That's another point. The incense are 11, by the way. I know that, but I wasn't going to bring up the but, 11. But, yeah. but the idea of, a, <laughs> what I mean to say is, the idea of a minion is that we count all the Jews, the whole idea of counting the Jew, Jews, why do you need to count? What means when I count people, means everybody's only one. That's, that's what, what? It's the 10 individuals that come together. They come one. together, they create a new, a new identity. That's why the tenth person who comes to the minion is not just one more. He, by being there, by walking in, created a new concept that is called a minion. God listens. What's, why a minion? God listens to a minion more more than he listens to individuals. It's like we have the power. The power of you know when you when you're representing many people, you have a, when you guide, when you buy you buy in the name of ten stores of twenty stores, you have much more buying power. You come with the name, and really a minion or a thousand people, the concept is the same. For sure, a thousand people has more power, but in essence, a minion has the same ingredients that have a thousand people. With this minion, you, you know, when we have our minion all the time it's in the morning, you can say these extra 
prayers and you can repeat the, so it's you do, because it's another place that's written in the, in, in the, the idea in Pashat Gdoshim in, in the, the book of Leviticus it's written to be sanctified to, to be sanctified God says when can he be sanctified that you need a minion for it Rabbi says in front of ten people when you dash the betoyer bnei Yisrael, it has to be, has to be, has to be t- ten people. Where is this? Um, it's in Pasha's Emoel. It's written that you have to be sanctified in front uh, among the Jewish people. And we learn that we learn from this word, from Toch, that we learn that it's, 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 it has to be a minion. Well, it's, it's, are you saying that when when you have the ten in the minion, then you you can say the, the whole, you can say, whole, you the can say kadosh kadosh kadosh. You can say a kaddish. Everything that you can say can only be done in a minion. You cannot say kaddish at home. You can only say kaddish in the synagogue. Many times I meet people that tell me, "Oh, I say kaddish every day." I tell them, "Why? Wow, I'm, I'm so impressed. It took me many years to understand that this guy goes to shul every day. That's beautiful." Why, why is the, that a communal prayer as opposed to an individual prayer? Because what is a Kaddish? Praising God's name. In front, when people say Amen, they agree with you. That's the praising. That's what it's all about. You're standing in front of a community and you say, God is great. No matter what happened, God is great. That's what it's all about. That you need to have a community who agrees with you. If the community is not there to say amen, amen means to agree, then, then, you, then you don't have the, 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 the effect of it is not there. You understand? Yes. Um, I cannot find it. Somewhere. What is this plan? Why is it on it? What? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't choose it. That's I don't know. But the whole idea of Kaddish or Gdushe, for example, Kadosh, 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 you can only do by a minion. The, the, the whole repetition of the Amida could only be done by a minion. Where do we learn that the uh, 13 attributes can only be said by a minion? The same idea. I mean, it's. it's well, I understand it, but, but I mean, Moshe basically can do it by himself. <laughs> Moshe, Moshe was speaking to Hashem. No, 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 I no I mean, it's, it's again, the power of the minion makes the 13 attributes so powerful. When you, see, you can say it by yourself. You can read it from the Torah. Let's say you want to open the book in the, in the parsha of uh, Kitisa and to read the 13 attributes. Nobody will stop you. You understand? It's, it's, uh, it's, to, it's to do it. Oh, I found it. Thank God. 621. 6 what? 621. Oh, I found it. 
נאמבר טריטום. What means among the Jewish people? Within, within people. Within a group of people, I sanctify, God wants you to be sanctified. It has to be, then, then we look, the rabbis learn that this is, you have to have ten. That, that's the Torah source for, for the uh, Kaddish, on the sanctification? Because I know it's in yes. Daniel and Ezekiel. Yes, 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 yes. Basically from the Torah, I think that's the only place, yes. I don't think there's another place. Excuse me, uh, So if uh, 10 Jewish men of bar mitzvah age are at the corner bar in Tel Aviv wasting time, is it a worse waste of time? Or 10 criminals uh, get together, are they a, a worse group of criminals or is it just for prayer? No, it's, a, it's, it's actually, they have, they have God among them, even them. They have okay. a stronger presence of God. To a point, yeah, it's worse because they have the, a stronger presence of God and they don't do anything with it. You understand what I'm saying? But they ten, ten, not even ten uh, men above Omitze, ten women sitting in a bar. They have a, pro, a stronger presence of God. Ten souls, ten Jewish souls together. So it's already a stronger presence of God. The whole concept of ten brings. Then there is a Shechina Shruya. There is the That's what the, the Alter Rebbe says in the in Tanya. That's what he points out. The ten people together bring it. have already a, strong, a stronger presence of God. And they have more power to do many more things. That's interesting. Why? <laughs> And I was just thinking how fortunate you are. What do you mean? To be, to be ten and to have the a power? Fa a family, I think, right? Or my family. I mean, when they're together, it's ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea of ten. Now we know what ten is. And now every time we look at our fingers, knows what to, what's supposed to remind us. Even the, the toast. Uh.